This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Last, day, last Sunday before some of you go back to school, some of you go back to teaching, or maybe y'all are already there. I don't know, but it's good to be here this morning, right? And uh, I believe, like Pastor Paul said, I believe that the Lord has a word for us. And while we were in worship, the Lord just uh, brought a scripture up in my heart. And I believe it will tie in really well with the message this morning. And so you don't need to turn here, but I just want to read it to you. And then we're going to pray. But in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, says, whatever is born of God. So, I mean, he's talking about anyone who's ever been born again, anyone who's ever, you know, confessed Jesus as the Lord of their life and, and been transformed by the Spirit of God. He said, for whatever is born of God overcomes. Everybody say overcomes. Overcome. Overcomes the world. Now, the world is, I mean, it's, the, it's this world system. It's, it's the, the culture of this world. It's the it's the bent of this world. It's what the world has to offer. And how many of you found out that what the world has to offer really doesn't satisfy? It really doesn't bring victory in your life. It really just kind of pulls you down and kind of pulls you out of the game, right? And he said, for whatever is born of, the, uh, born of God overcomes the world. So, and, and, and you would think that everybody who's born again, they should, be, they, they should have victory in their life. But obviously, not everyone who's been born again is realizing victory in their life because they're missing one ingredient. He goes on to say, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Everybody say faith. faith. And so, you know, sometimes people make fun of, you know, churches maybe like ours. Oh, that's the, one of those faith churches. Well, what kind of church you want to be, a faith church or an unbelieving church? You want to be a, a faith church or a doubting church? I don't know about you. I want to be, I want to be in the faith bunch, right? I want to be part of the bunches who's overcoming the world, who's, who's realizing victory in their life. So he says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So how does faith come? Well, we ought to pray hard for faith. Is that how you get faith, by praying hard? No. How, how, do, how do you get faith? What does Romans 10, 17 say? So then faith comes how? By hearing. Hearing. Hearing, is it important to hear? Is it important not just what you hear, which is very important because you can, you can hear things, even in churches, that would rob you of your faith. You, you, you can hear things in churches, you can hear things on radio, you can hear things on podcasts, that it doesn't produce faith in your life, it robs you of your faith. I remember years ago, when I, you know, 26 years ago, when I started pastoring, we had this guy, his name was Elbert Willis. He, he would come, he'd come to church, and, and he would preach, and he, he'd walk around. He would just kind of spit. He'd spit. I'm like, what? What in the world? He said, every time one, an unbelieving thought comes into my mind, I just spit it out. Why? Because it, it, it matters what you allow your mind to circulate. It'll, it'll have an effect on your faith, right? And so he said, faith comes by hearing, so you got to hear the right thing. It's important that you hear the right thing. I mean, we're a church believes that it's God's will to heal. 
right? Well, if you, if you get around something, well, you know, sometimes it's his will. Sometimes it's not. Well, that doesn't produce faith. And we know this in Jesus' ministry, about 13 out of the 19 individual cases of healing in the Gospels that Jesus was involved in, 13 out of 19, Jesus specifically says, your faith has made you whole. Your, you know, and he mentions faith, their faith. It's so important. And if we're going to overcome in this world, if we're going to have victory in this world, it's so important that we have faith. You can be born again and be defeated. I mean, what does Hosea for? My people are destroyed. Why? Because they don't love God? <laughs> no, they love God. My people are destroyed because well, they're not born again. No, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's important what you hear. It's important how you hear. That's when you come, when you come to church, you ought to come. And, uh, and I realize some of you come, you might be your first time in church in a, in a, uh, ever or, you know, in a long time. So not talking to you, but I mean, if you're here and, and church is a habit, which is a great habit, you ought to come with your expectors turned on. You ought to come ready to hear. You ought to come pulling on not just me, but pulling on God. I want to hear from God. I want to experience God. I mean, not just in, not just in the word, but in the worship. I want to hear from God. It's so important. So this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith comes by hearing. And that's not just you hearing me preach. That's you hearing from God on your own. And that's what we're talking about is how to hear from God. This is the most important thing that you could ever learn as a believer, how to hear from God. And of course, the Word of God is, I mean, it has a lot of generalities in it for all of us. But there's some specifics about your life that God wants to share with you, and you've got to learn to hear from Him. Amen. Matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, I was thinking about this. Of course, we call that the great, the hall of fame of faith, and it, and it just lists person after person who, who lived by faith, who walked by faith. They, they subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They stopped the mouths of lions. They escaped the edge of the sword. They received their loved ones back to life again. I mean, on and on. They, they went out and they obeyed, not knowing where they're going to go, received strength to conceive seed. You know, well, Pat, and all these did it by faith, but they, they did it by faith because they heard from God. And they didn't, get it, they didn't hear from God by reading the Bible because they didn't have a Bible. Thank God we do, but they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get it by reading the Bible. They got it because they heard from God. Abraham heard from God. Go out into a place that I'll show you. To Sarah, you're going to have a child. She didn't read that in the Bible. She heard that from God. I, I remember when Tammy and I, we were, uh, you know, we'd been trying to have children for, for many years and unsuccessfully and Boy, every every month rolled around, man. She was just she was just a little devastated, and and so I remember one day she went into her closet, and she was in there for a long time, and and you know the backstory. She said, "I'm not coming out until I hear from God." And and she came out of that closet, and she said, "This time next year we're gonna have a child." And I said, "Hey, you know?" She said, "The Lord told me." And I said, "Oh man, I hope she's heard from God." <laughs> oh me of giant faith. And uh, I hope you, and man, it, it was, 
she conceived on the very last possible month for that promise to come to pass. Isn't God good? But he'll speak to you like that. Let me pray for her. We're going to get into the word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your presence in here. We thank you for your anointing that destroys, rips apart every yoke, every fear, every bondage in our life. We thank you for light and revelation that comes to us, not just in our head, but in our heart and illuminates our whole life. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So turn with me, if you would, to 1 Samuel. And we've been looking at this, this verse a couple of times, and I want us to look at it again in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Verse uh, is around verses 1 through 10, but I'm going to just start here. It says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So, you know, God had never spoken to him specifically that he knew of. And so the Lord called, you know, he had called him one time, he called him two times, he called him another time. It says, so the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and he went to Eli, and he said, here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again, if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You know, listening is a big part from hearing from God. Right? If you want to hear from the Lord, you've got to be listening. And you've got to be listening on the right frequency. You've got to be, you've got to be tuned in to the right frequency if you want to hear from God. If you're tuned into the frequency out here, this outward frequency, you're not going to hear from the Lord. If you're tuned into the world, you're not going to hear from the Lord. If you're tuned into culture, you're not going to hear from the Lord. If you're tuned into your flesh or emotions, you're not going to hear from the Lord. But when you've tuned to his frequency, you can hear him. Even with all the noise going on around you, you can hear from him. And this could be a matter of life and death for you. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called us before Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Everybody say listening. It's important that we're listening. The world that we live in is a very noisy place. Very noisy. I mean, you've got all kind of things going on in the world. You've got news. Most of it's bad. You've got, you've got all kind of, you've got politics. Most of it's lies. You've got, you got lots of noise going on. All over the place, there's noise, there's noise. Your flesh is noisy. If you don't believe me, just, just decide. I mean, you can just do, you can practice this this afternoon. Just decide that you're going you're gonna to fast the rest of the day. You're going to pray and fast for the rest of the day and watch and see how noisy your flesh is. I mean, your flesh will remind you, hey, there's, there's you know, there's, there's this in the refrigerator. We got some pie in the refrigerator. We got cold pizza in the refrigerator. I mean, you, you, you decide that you want to fast, your flesh will start screaming at you. So the world's a noisy place. Your flesh is noisy. Culture is noisy. I mean, you don't believe me that culture is noisy? I mean, just try to just think about the things that culture is pressing upon us to accept. Are you listening? What culture is calling good, but God calls evil. And the pressure to accept that and be okay with that 
That's noisy. And you, and, you can, and you can hear it. You can hear people talk about it. You can hear people say it. And, and even well, all Christians, I mean, Christians even believe that Christians are okay with this. But just because a Christian is okay with something doesn't mean that God's okay with something. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're on the right, you're on the same track as God. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so it's important if, if we're going to really hear from God and walk with the God and have real victory in our life, we've got to get on his frequency. We've got to tune in to his frequency if we're going to hear from him. And so we've talked about a number of ways to, to tune in. And we talk about this, never violate your conscience. Your conscience is a safe guide if you're in fellowship with God. If you're walking with God, and, and, I mean, you're spending time with God, your conscience is a safe guide. But once you begin to violate your conscience, your conscience can become seared. It can become hardened where you can't even hear from the Lord. And so we've got to, don't violate your conscience. You, you have to be open. You, what do you mean by that? You've got to be willing to hear something that you didn't want to hear. You've got to be willing, you've got this, this relationship, you've got to be willing for the Lord to say, no, that's not the right one. That's not the right person. You've got to be willing to hear something different than what you want. You remember, and, and here's the thing. God, well, God's in control. People say, well, God's in control. God's not in control. You say, he's not? No, he's, he's not in control. What's he in control of? Well, he's in control of everything he's got. No, he's not. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say God's in control. First John says this, that the whole world's under the control of the wicked one. Well, then if they're in, under control of the wicked one, then God's not in control. God's not in control of you getting up and coming to church, because half of you, most of you. <laughs> I mean, doesn't the Lord want you in church? You say, well, Pastor Chuck, I'm here. Congratulations, you're here. I'm, I'm so glad for you. Well, with the Lord, I mean, he, he, you see, he's not going to make you do anything. You're not a puppet. He's not pulling your strings. I mean, he'll lead you, guide you. He'll prompt you. He'll, he'll deal with you. He'll deal with your heart. But you've got to make a choice. Right? He didn't make you get saved. He doesn't make you tithe. He doesn't make you give. He doesn't make you be kind. He'll deal with you about it, but he's not going to make you. And so Israel wanted a king. God didn't want them to have a king. He said, I want to be your king. I, I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. I want, to be, I, I, I want to be your king. I want to be your leader. No, but we want to be like all the other nations. We want to be like everybody else. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else has it. Everybody else is okay with it. Anybody ever hear your kids say that? Well, everybody's parents lets them do this. <laughs> then you find out, no, they don't. <laughs> and even if they did, you as a parent doesn't mean that you should allow it. You stand before the Lord and give an answer. And so Israel wanted this king. The Lord said, I'm not, no, I don't want you to have a king. Yeah, but we want to. We want one. No, I don't want you to have a king. Yeah, but we want to be like all the other nations. Fine, then. 
So the Lord let them have what they wanted, but that's not what he wanted. And he'll do that for you too. Now you don't want that. It cost Israel dearly. It, it, cost, it cost them big time to go against God. And it'll cost you big time to go against God. And a lot of time the consequence is not right away. A lot of time the consequence is delayed. You don't want the Lord just to let you do what you want to do. You want to hear from Him. And then you want to do what He says to do. Because that is your place of victory. That is your place of abundance. That is your place of provision. When you hear from God and then do what God tells you to do. So you have to be open. You have to have the right attitude. So if you don't value his written word, you won't value his spoken word. If you, don't, if you don't value the preaching of the word of God, you won't value him speaking to your heart. You've got to have the right attitude. So when me or somebody else is up here preaching, we're not just getting up here and, and oh man, let me, oh, I woke up at six o'clock this morning, let me figure out something to preach on. No, we're praying, believing God to give us the message, put the message in our heart, give us the right thing to say. And then when it's like that, it's not just us talking, it's him talking. But if you just, if you just see it as a man up there giving a talk, I'm not up here to give a talk. I'm not up here to give a talk. I'm not up here to give a speech. I'm up here as a messenger. A messenger. Amen. I'm not up here to sermonize. A messenger. And so you've got to receive the word like that, that, hey, God's going to talk to me today. So you've got to have the right attitude. And then let me hurry and get to this, or we'll be here all day. Uh, here, here's another way that we tune in, and, and this is so important. We have to learn to be still. We have to learn to cultivate a quiet heart. Now, I'm not talking about just being quiet all the time, which is, which is beautiful in and of itself. <laughs> Quietness is... It's beautiful, but I'm, I'm not talking about just being, being outwardly quiet. I'm talking about being inwardly quiet, inwardly still, cultivating a quiet heart. In, a, in Psalm 131 and verse, Psalm 31 verse 2 says, I've kept my feet on the ground, I've cultivated a quiet heart. Everybody say a quiet heart. I've cultivated a quiet heart. Like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. Now, anybody ever, those of you who've had children before, uh, I mean, what, what do babies do when they're hungry? And isn't that the most beautiful sound in the world when a baby is is just crying and the only thing the only thing that will satisfy is mama right and so David said I've quieted myself like a baby content in his mother's arms I've quieted myself I've quieted myself in, in Psalm 62, verse 1 says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. Now, now, he didn't say my mouth is silent. He said my soul 
waits for him in silence. From him comes my salvation. So if, if we want to get on the same frequency of God, if we want to turn on into the same frequency of God and be able to hear from God, which produces faith in our heart, which produces victory in our life, we've got to cultivate a quiet heart. We've got to cultivate a quiet soul. How many of you ever have trouble with your, I mean, your, your thoughts just all the time, man? Your soul just thoughts, 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 thoughts. And some of them are yours, some of them are the devil, right? But just the constant, just, uh, just thoughts, 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 thoughts. Well, there, there's a way that we can quiet our soul, that we can get still on the inside. This is, anybody ever prayed before and, and you're just, I mean, you say, I'm, I'm going to spend 30 minutes praying. And uh, maybe you get on your knees and, man, you, your, your flesh is all squirmy. Anybody, anybody besides me? Anybody, have you ever tried to pray 30 minutes just straight? I mean, your, your flesh gets all squirmy. I mean, you're just, oh, man, you're just, oh, just fidgety. and Why? Because you're, you're, you're too active in your soul. And it takes time to quieten, quieten, stilling, quieten, quietening. How do you say it? It takes, it takes a little time to settle down. It takes a little time for your soul to settle down. It takes time for your flesh to settle down. And this is, and I'm not saying that you, you should, you, you have to do this an hour a day or an hour and a half a day. I'm not saying that at all. But there, it does take time and it does take practice to cultivate a quiet heart. And if you can cultivate a quiet heart, you, you'll, I mean, you'll just tune right into God's frequency and you'll begin, begin to hear his voice. What we do so often, though, is that we're going to just, we're going to just go out on our own. And we're going to just do what, you know, first thing kind of comes to us. And we hadn't heard from God. We may say we've heard from God, but we hadn't really heard from God. And so we step out and do something, and that's either foolishness or it's presumption. But it's not faith. Faith has a confidence about it. If you're, if you're in faith about something, and, and if you hear from God, you'll be in faith. If you're in faith about something, you're not wondering you're not thinking, ooh, this is a big risk. Really and truly, there is no risk in faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you're in faith, it means that you know what the will of God is. And so it's not a risk. I mean, how risky is it to step out on something God told you to do? I mean, it's going to work. Now, there might be this perceived risk, but really and truly, it's not a risk when you hear from God and step out and do what he says. Faith knows the end from the beginning. When you hear from, when you say, I, when I'm, I'm, I'm in faith, I'm going to step out in faith, it means that you've heard from him. You've heard from God. Well, if you've heard from God, he's not going to fail. His word is not going to fail. Are y'all getting anything out of this? I'm preaching myself happy. I'm having a good time. So his word's not going to fail. He's not going to fail. His power's not going to fail. So we've heard from him, we can just step out boldly and confidently that what he said, he's going to do it. That his promises are true. That they are yes and amen. That he's watching over his word to perform it. He's watching over his word to make it good. Amen. 
So how, how, do we get, how do we get still on the inside? How do we cultivate a quiet heart? David said it in Psalm 62, 1. He said, for God alone, my soul waits. Everybody say, waits. My soul waits. My soul waits. Now, that's not what so many people think it is. That's not you you know, getting in your recliner at home and just sitting back and say, well, I'm going to just wait here on God. I'm going to just wait. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. No, that's not what it means. It means like when you go to a restaurant and you sit at a table and you have someone come by and they are waiting your table. That doesn't mean they're just standing there. That means that they are ministering to you. Right? They're bringing you your tea. They're bringing you your food. They're bringing you your refills. They're, they're, they're waiting. They're ministering to you. Now, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? The same thing. It doesn't mean just to sit there. It means that you minister to him. How do you minister to him? In Acts 13, 2, it says, as they minister to the Lord, as they minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said this is this is huge if you want to get in a place where you're hearing what the holy spirit's saying you've got to get yourself into a place of quietness and you do that by ministering to him waiting on him so you're not just sitting there doing nothing you're ministering to him what does it mean to minister to the lord it means that you're 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 worshiping him you're praising him you're giving him thanks and then this, I tell you what, if, you want, if, if you're in here, you say, you know, I haven't ex- experienced the presence of God in my life ever, or I haven't experienced the presence of God in a long time in my life, I, I, I'll give you a sure way to experience that. Spend some time just waiting on the Lord. I mean, ministering to Him, worshiping Him, all by yourself. I, and really, no music. No, no background to help you with. I mean, you just sitting and you lifting your hands. I remember one time, this happened a few times, but one time it was just really, it was uh, a little nerve-wracking to me. I was at my, in my home study, and, and I was back there, and I was just worshiping God, and uh, didn't have anything else going on. I wasn't, even, wasn't praying, per se. I was just, you know, I was praising God, worshiping God, thanking Him, worshiping Him, praising Him. What did you do after that, Pastor Chuck? I worshipped him, and I praised him, thanked him, talked about how good he is to me, thanking him how much he loves me, that I am who he says I am. I mean, just, I mean, just, just worshipping God, worshipping him, hands lifted up, worshipping him. And it doesn't even have to be loud, but, you know, loud enough for me to hear it, and worshipping God. Eyes closed, worshiping God, thanking Him, magnifying Him, waiting on Him, ministering to Him. And then all of a sudden, I was aware I'm not the only one in the room. I'm not the only one here. And my eyes are closed, and and I knew just just on the inside, I knew there's angels in the room. I mean, there, there's angels present. And you know when you're in a place and all of a sudden there's just such a holiness. There's just such this holiness, this awareness of, 
of God's holiness and, and his power and his majesty. And it just, just fill in the room. And I'm like this, and I kind of opened my eyes, barely opened my eyes, kind of wanted to see, really didn't want to see. Didn't see anything, but just because you don't see it with these eyes doesn't mean that nothing's there. And uh, but I, I knew there, there's angels. There, there. I mean, I'd spend and you say, how long did you do that? About three or four hours? No, I did it for about 15 minutes, just worshiping God, praising God, and all of a sudden, I mean, His presence just filled that room. That can happen in your car. That can happen in your shower. That can happen in your living room. It can happen on your couch. It can happen in this church. Amen. Just worshiping him. And uh, so that's what it means. That's what it means to minister to the Lord. That's what it means to wait upon him. You know, the old timers, I, I read this book by uh, Tozer. I think it's called uh, In His Presence. or I can't remember the name of the book. It's a big book. And he talked about the old timers, they would have the, the morning hour. Now David said this, he said, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. To see your power and to see your glory. So David had this habit of, of early in the morning. Early in the morning, just, just spending time with God. So the old-timers, they'd call it the morning hour, or they would call it the morning half hour, or they'd call it the morning quarter hour. You see, it's not, it's not necessarily how long you do it. It's the consistency in which you do it. And really, you know, you know when you're done. Some, somebody said, well, you, you know, we can't ever pray enough. Well, yeah, you can you can pray enough. We say, how long? Until you're done. Well, you can't ever read your Bible enough. Well, yes, you can. I mean, you can eat enough, can't you? <laughs> you can eat enough. And so when, how long do you read your Bible? Until you're done. Until you're satisfied. Until you're full. You can pray until you're full. You can pray until you're satisfied. You can worship God until you're satisfied. But I wouldn't stop until I was satisfied. So they would call it, the, you know, the morning quarter hour. So what, basically, they just, you know, every morning for 15 minutes, they just spent time worshiping God, reading the scriptures, praying. Well, that's not very long, 15 minutes. Well, it's not very long. Anybody can do that. It's just a consistency. Well, I just don't, I didn't get anything out of it. Well, you've got to keep at it. You see, the reason sometimes we don't, we don't get anything out of it is because we're just, it's just, we've got a lot of noise. We've got a lot of distractions. We're, we've been, for our whole life, we've been tuned to a different frequency. And now to, you know, jump over to this other frequency, what do you have to do? You've got to spend some time waiting on the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 Here's, here's a great benefit of doing this. But those who wait on the Lord, minister to the Lord, shall renew their strength. 
He's not talking about an outward strength. He's talking about an inward strength. And, I, hey, believers, Christians need an inward strength about them. He said, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. And, and a, lot of, you know, a lot of times uh, you, you think that you're tired physically. You're not tired physically. You're tired inwardly. You're tired spiritually. That I mean, the, the life of the flesh is. I mean, you, is uh, if if you want to be strong on the outside, you got to be strong on the inside. Proverbs four says this. He says, "Keep and guard your heart with all diligence, above everything else that you guard, for out of it are the issues of life." Strength comes not from you know getting rest. It comes from the inside. So those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with their wings like eagles. So you can either, you can be, you can be a ground walker with the turkeys <laughs> or you can soar with the eagles. And I tell you what, eagles have a whole different perspective than a turkey. Right? Eagles, I mean, they're, they're up there, just very little effort, just soaring through the skies, flap their wings about once every 20 minutes, you know, exert a little bit of energy once every 20 minutes, but man, they're just on the current and just, I mean, just flying high. Sharp vision, the right perspective, the perspective of something majestic. A conqueror. Amen. And he says, you can, you'll mount up with wings like eagles. And he says, you'll run and you'll not be weary. Conscious of that. 
And you'll be less conscious of all the other junk around you as you do that. So here's the question. Will you live for Him? Let's lift our hands right now. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. Lord, I thank you right now for your healing power in this room. I thank you for moving in this place and bringing healing and restoration to bodies that are sick. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this might be a little strange. But it just seems like the Lord is impressing me to do this. If you're in here this morning, you've got a pain under your right rib cage. Just a pain under your right rib cage. Um, let me see your hand. Pain under your right rib cage. Okay, thank you. Father, in Jesus' name, we rebuke this pain. We rebuke the source of it right now. And we command it to leave. And that healing and restoration come in Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus, right now. side and your left, what would you do? Well, let's shout, wouldn't you? Amen. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that that pain's leaving right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. And then anything else that you need, he's the healer. And if we would wait on it, if we would wait on it, our strength would be renewed. If we would wait upon him, healing and strength would come. Our, our flesh would receive life. Amen. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in your mortal body and brings life. Brings life. He wants to do it. Amen. Father, I thank you for every single person in here. Lord, I thank you that just as we prayed before the service that you would draw people into a relationship with Christ, I thank you that you're doing that right now. And Father, there may be some here that they don't even know why they're here. They, they just came and maybe they were invited or Maybe they just came to appease someone else, but this whole service, you've been dealing with their heart. You've been drawing them to yourself. And I ask that they would respond to you. You're standing at the door of their heart, and you're knocking. I ask that you would just move on them and encourage them to, to open the door and to begin a relationship with Christ. I thank you for it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in here today, I just want to make sure that everyone is in a right relationship before we leave, a right relationship with God. And I don't want to assume that you are because you came to church this morning. I went to church for many years, and I, didn't, I wasn't in a right relationship. 
with Jesus. But you can be. And so if you're in here and you've, you've never been born again, Jesus said, you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. And you've never been born again, I would like to pray for you this morning. Or let me say it like this. If you're in here and you say, I've never given my whole heart and my whole life to Jesus, I want to pray for you this morning. You've never done that and you want to do that today. You want to give your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus. Let me say it one more way. Maybe you're in here and you're not sure if you were to die today, you would go to heaven. You can be sure. And I would like to pray for you. Say, I, I just don't, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven if I were to die today. I would like to pray for you this morning. So every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. But just with an uplifted hand, you say, Pastor Chuck, I've never been born again, but I want to. I've never given my whole heart and my whole life to Jesus, but I want to. I'm not sure that if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven, but I want to make sure that I, I, I make that decision and I got that fixed. I'm going to count to three, and that's you. I want you to lift your hand. Here we go. One, two, three, right now. Thank you. I see hands all over the place. Good. Good job. Way to go. Anyone else? Looking, looking closely. All right. All right, let's pray this prayer together. Everybody out loud say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart. Bring new life to me. Bring change to me. From this day forward, I will follow you. I ask you to fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give these a real big...